Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 160 of Getting It Out podcast. That was Kings Never Die with Pure Gold. That track comes from their upcoming EP, It's What We Live For, seeing the light of day March 26th, courtesy of Upstate Records. If you're not familiar with Kings Never Die, 
They are a New York hardcore band made up of several scene veterans. And uh, on an upcoming episode, I'm going to have a chat with guitarist Dan Nastasi. I hope I said that right, about uh, Kings Never Die and a whole bunch more. So keep an eye out for that coming on Getting It Out podcast and also for their release March 26th. It's what we live for on Upstate Records. Okay, now what's happening on this episode? Well, I've got another Upstate Records product. This time, though, we're going across the ocean to Tel Aviv, Israel, to talk to Ori Frank from Eternal Struggle. They've got a record coming out called Year of the Gun that's going to see released through Demons Run Amok and, as I mentioned, Upstate Records. They're a cool new heavy metallic hardcore band that I didn't hear of until recently, so I hope I'm introducing them to you as well. So first, let's hear a Hot Zone intro and then get into the episode. <laughs> What's good, all you bitches and bitches? It's the illustrious hot dog back at it again with another podcast intro. He said, Oh, you want to do a podcast intro for the Get It Out podcast? He said, Oh, shit, I got to write a rap first, don't I? He said, No, you don't got to write a rap first. It's a hardcore podcast. He said, All right, I think I can maybe make that happen. Let's see what we can do. Kick it. Make family out of friends, make friends out of enemies Peace to my family, make friends till they bury me. All the places we've been, we're never sitting it out We be getting it in, where you getting it out? I said all the places we've been, we're never sitting it out We be getting it in, where you getting it out? Get it out! Alright motherfuckers, you're in the right place at the right time Rest in peace, J Money, and LFTW forever! Okay, here we are. Episode 160. And the important thing that's been on my mind all week is toll booths. Now, why would toll booths be on my mind? Well, I've got a thing about toll booths. I do a lot of toll road driving at least once a weekend. I'm on and off at least twice. I'd say twice, twice a weekend, twice a week, um, I'm on a toll road. And uh, so that's a lot of toll boothing. That's one each side. That's four toll booth interactions, intersections, whatever you want to call them, that uh, I got to do a week, usually in one day, right? So uh, things things got a lot easier when coronavirus happened because you stopped having to stop. Now, I don't mean that I had to stop every time before. I have an easy pass. See, I go right through those toll booths, booths, no problem. I can't say toll booths real well, so I'm going to stumble on that a lot, so be prepared. Um, But anyway, I go through these toll, toll booths now with a relative ease and uh, back in the day before I had an easy pass I still did toll booths this often this frequently and I'd always get really annoyed because I'd always pick the wrong one I'd always pick the wrong one I'd always get behind the car who doesn't have a ticket or something the car that's going to take forever and one day I asked this guy who the toll booth uh, operator worker whatever you employee whatever you want to call him and I'm like hey man what what are these people doing when they're up here for 20 hours you know just paying a toll and he's like, okay, well, here's an example. I've been here for 15 minutes tonight, and that was the sixth person that didn't have a ticket. So I know just from life that people struggle with real simple processes like that, like get a ticket at the first toll booth, pay it at the second one, right? Um, you can't go through Easy Pass if you don't have an Easy Pass. Actually, you can. They'll just send you a bill in the mail. It's actually a good thing. That's what they're doing now, by the way. Um, but anyway, you, you could always do that. Um, but yeah, you just get the ticket and then you pay for it at the other end. You have your money ready. Everybody knows that. You have your money ready. But but it just, then I think about it and this is the same type of people who uh, who take forever at the ATM, 
who like what what is that i mean i don't know the last time i went to an atm but what what are people doing am i using the atm wrong why does it take you so long to get money out and if you're depositing money don't what's why are you doing that at an atm go to the bank and who has who even who who doesn't do everything digitally anyway it's 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 exhausting me thinking about this all this bank here bank there i don't want to do it i do bank phone that's it no no more extra bank steps anyway so so i realized uh as as i'm driving this weekend and i'm flying through the toll booths like i do now i now i drive through toll booths faster than i drive through my neighborhood it's 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 pretty dangerous and i know many people have died that way but uh you know i just don't have to stop so i'm not gonna and 25 miles per hour through that little narrow thing it's kind of it's kind of becoming like a competition right can i hit 30 because it tells you your speed as you're going through there i probably shouldn't and uh i probably will anyway because it's a challenge you know and life's all about challenging yourself and uh as long as there's nobody else in the car i'm gonna go flying through toll booths uh with a reckless abandon and anybody who knows me heard me say that and it's like no you're not no you're not you're too safe of a driver you're not gonna do that and you're right i won't but i want to i want i want to make going through toll booths like uh throwing a, a football through a tire at the carnival that's a game that we should get we should get started all the people who don't have tickets you can get through without paying as long as you go through at 35 miles per hour that's a good that's a good system we should implement uh for for post-covid and we don't need toll booth workers stop 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 putting them out there that seems like a dangerous job anyway Let's not do that anymore. If we're able to do this without a cash at this point, then I think we can go long term like this. That's that's a change. I bet you weren't expecting a whole toll booth anecdote when you tuned into this week's episode of the podcast, and rightfully so. And I'm sorry that I just talked about that for that long. I can't believe people listen to me all over the world. And that brings me to uh, to the, the subject of this podcast. This podcast, as I mentioned in the intro, is with Ori Frank from Eternal Struggle all the way from Tel Aviv, Israel. And uh, that is extremely cool to me that, that, that I have any type of reach like that, that people in other parts of the world that I probably can't even identify on a map uh, listen to Getting It Out podcast. And that, again, is just super, super cool. So I, I loved the opportunity to talk to Ori and uh, we had a cool chat. And if you haven't heard Eternal Struggle yet, I hope you take a listen and enjoy it. I'm going to play a song from them. Actually, I'm going to play what's their, their, their single at the moment. I'm going to play you Indoctrination and then uh, listen to my conversation with Ori.
So how are you doing today, man? Uh, yo, I'm doing great. Um, this, you know, it's like, it feels like the longest year on earth and yet like the shortest one. <laughs> We're like on our fourth lockdown, but you know, it's like, it's about to, to be over soon and yet nobody's no, nobody knows what's going on. So it, these are funny days, but besides that, all is great, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, is, is that how it is? Really? You guys have had four lockdowns now? Yeah, I think we broke the record of a country that is being in a lockdown. And things are really weird with that, you know? It's just, it, it's like, it, it's they always lock things, then they open it up, then they close it again. Because we were at the point that we used to be in the first lockdown, and then they had us, like, you know, they gave us the bars again and the yeah. shows. And we managed to do one show between two lockdowns. And then it's just this limbo of like you know one month lockdown two weeks not lockdown and that that's just crazy but i uh, hopefully it will be over soon i don't know how but <laughs> you gotta stay positive yeah that's right well it sounds like you guys have been able to do a bit more than we've been able to do over here i mean i don't know if, how, if i'm saying that right like but we, we never got the bars back we never got the shows back it's been it's been shut down since march right and yes. I mean, there's been windows where you could go, you could go to the bar, but you'd have to have something to eat as well. Like the actual bar where you would want to sit is not open. You can't sit there, but you can sit at a table. It's just, you know, weird shit. But uh, yeah, we're, Same we're, here. we're kind of in like in this perpetual like holding pattern, it seems like. Yeah, this is like this. <laughs> it just feels so long, you know, it's <laughs> almost March again. And <laughs> yeah, no, that's what that's I, I was doing. A, I did an interview just yesterday with a guy who I had on the show last year. He's in this uh, hardcore band, Living in Fear, out of Atlanta. And uh, when we talked last year, it was just happening. And it's been almost, it's really literally almost a year later, and we're in the exact same spot. So Yeah, uh, speaking about the same things, like yeah. nothing happened, you know? <laughs> yeah, but it is interesting. That's why I like talking, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to talk to a lot of people internationally throughout the last year because everybody's locked down. Nobody can really go anywhere. Everybody's available for interviews, right? But it's been yeah. interesting to hear the the way each country has approached it differently. Yeah, I think the, the one of the greatest things that came out through this is that people learn how to like you know improve working and communicating remotely and this is like i think it's the best outcome of this pandemic you know that you know people are hosting uh, people from other countries in shows a lot of new podcasts are going on um i even got to record a song remotely with people from all over the world and that was crazy experience that i don't think that i would be in that beside if Unless there was this uh, COVID thing. Yeah, I mean, there's not many bright spots, but that's definitely that's definitely one. Yeah, that's like the the one to grab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I mean, as far as like professionally, work wise, that's 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 what it did to me. I've I've been working from home since then, and that's something I never thought I was going to be able to do. And I, I personally, I love it. Um, and I think, and I know for my company, it's a they kind of realize, oh, we can do it like this. We don't necessarily need everybody here. And uh, that's beneficial. Yeah, people are yeah. dumping the office, you know. Yeah, yeah. Benef- the- <laughs> but, 
but we'll say well, we're not supposed to be talking all about all about that now. Yeah, sense. let's let's like talk. <laughs> not a news broadcast. No, 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 no. <laughs> let's let's get into let's get into you and which which what's your businesses, what's your side businesses, I guess we'll call it. Uh, you, you're in this band, Eternal Struggle, and I've yeah. heard about you guys a little while ago. I don't remember exactly how. I think it might have been somehow related to Upstate Records. But um, how long have you, how long have you been around? Or, or actually, wait, no. Let's before we jump all the way into Eternal Struggle, let's just go a little personal stuff. Who are you, and how did you get into this music to begin with? All right, so my name is Ori Frank. Um, everybody calls me Franco, though. Um, so I sing in a band, Eternal Struggle. Um, I've been listening to like punk, metal, and hardcore since I think since I'm like fourteen years old. I started listening to metal a bit before that, but I started hanging out with the punks and like everyone who was into alternative culture in, in like my city when I was 14. Um, I think that I got into that from, um, there was a band of friends of ours. They, they were like, they are like six years older than me. I'm 30 years old, by the way. Okay. Um, so they were like six years old, um, six years older than me. Um, so they were called Soon and Here. And they were like one of the first um, hardcore metal bands um, that was in our city and got to hang out and tour uh, outside of it. And they also had uh, a lot of bands performing with them. So I think I was at the show and like, was like some sort of a it's not exactly a squat but it was like in a parking lot it was a crazy underground show with australian band who plays famous jewish songs in a punk style you know <laughs> they're called yidcore and this is this is a sick band um so they uh brought yidcore i don't know if they brought them personally but um someone brought yidcore to israel and to our city and they did a show together and i think this was like one of my first shows or my first show actually. And ever since then we wanted to have a band, me and a lot of my friends, we all had bands in my city. Like when we were younger, we have in Israel, we don't have garages. We got bomb shelters. <laughs> so everyone, uh, most of my friends had like a drum set in their, in their shelter and we used to jam. So I started playing as a drummer. This is how I got into music. It was my first instrument. Um, but then a friend of mine came to me in high school and he was like, yo, I think you can shout really good and I want you to be in a, a death metal band. And I'm like, I, I don't know how to shout, but I, I can give it a shot. It's like, it seemed like something I, I would be interested in doing. And this is how I got to work for the first time with Eternal Struggles drummer, who is actually my roommate, uh, in the apartment and, um, we started jamming together when we were like 15 and ever since that I'm like doing a, a lot of metal bands, uh, hardcore, punk, you know, being around. So I think it started back there. So you've, so you've been part of a, a bunch of bands. It sounds like you've done this. This is, is this the only thing that you've got going currently? Well, yeah, this is the only thing that's going currently. I mean, there were a lot of projects that started and we never had um, the chance to record things. We used to have like a death metal band in the, in the high school, in the high school days. And we were like on it, you know, we were performing everywhere and 
we had a good run, and then in our country, once you get uh, to 18, you have to uh, sign into the military. Yeah. And then you just kind of stop for like, you know, a few years. So I kind of stopped with the vocals. We did like two shows when I was in service because um, I, I used to get home like once in 17 days. I used to be home for like four days. So I couldn't do much of it. Um, so I continued drumming, but... My only project that, you know, I got to record and like release normal music and normal releases was with Eternal Struggle because we really uh, pushed it. I, I, we gave it all we had, you know, we yeah. started a lot yeah. of different things and we all always kind of like, you know, we meet up with people, we jam, we do things. But but this is like the serious one, the serious one that I, I can, you know, I can point and say this is where I put all, all the things in. Right, right. Well, there's there's so many interesting things about about that that are, that are normal for you, but different for us, and uh, you know, f- but things I knew but don't have much of a perspective on, like the you know the mandatory military service and the and having bomb shelters instead of garages, uh, <laughs> and and I can see why things like that would make it hard for a, a band to get going, especially when you're younger. Um, so, like, how when when you have to go to, into the military, how long is that service that you you're committed to? Well, it's three years. Okay. Um, each everybody gets uh, a different part. You can apply for different parts. Um, some of my friends were into combat units. I personally was in a combat unit. Um, some of my friends didn't do it, but it's three years. You can uh, apply for more if you want to become an officer or something like that. Yeah, but it's pretty much it. And then you have like to do reserves until ah, until like you're fucking 40 or something like that something <laughs> so, ridiculous. Yeah. so it's a, at this point you're still in reserves theoretically i'm like yeah. trying to get out of it <laughs> and they're not talking with me i'm not talking with them and this is like there is an elephant in the room that i really don't want to poke too much i don't want to check like oh you guys remember me or something like that right, I right. Don't my lock. i'll get drafted for this <laughs> but yeah i definitely don't want to go anymore I'm done yeah. with that oh, i don't blame you so <laughs> so so you you were able to start up Eternal Struggle, and and it seems like you've been going for a little while now. You've got a got a couple of releases under your belt. Well, one EP, and then there's a couple of singles out here. Um, what did when did the the band form? Like, how did you or officially form? Like, do you feel like have you had the same guys involved since you got started? So it's kind of complicated. I mean, the band I joined the band. You okay. know, I okay. uh, the band was a. Uh, was uh, I'm not sure exactly where it started, but you know we had like different lineups, and I was in the band for a while. Then I was out. Um, our current drummer was in. Then he was out. He he got me in. Um, like the name went for a little bit, but you know we we had a lineup that we agreed on working professionally with only since 2000. Uh, the end of 2014, like beginning of 2015 was the lineup that we said, all right, this is the lineup. This is um, the serious people that we want to work together. And these are the people that we release. We will release the music together. Gotcha. So then we started writing and doing all that. But so I consider it that we're active for like five years, you know? Yeah. And and so that goes back to about, uh, like you said, 2015, 2016, yeah. Which is when you put out "Breaking and Entering," um, your your I guess it would be your debut EP. 
Yeah. And was that a was that a self release thing? It was a self release. Um, myself, uh, my drummer, and our guitar player, we all start studied um, musical production together, and we used to do rehearsals at night and go to musical college like in the mornings. And between between that, we we went to our friend's studio and we started recording the EP, and then. Um, Throughout our first year in, uh, in studying musical production, we re-released it. Um, so that was like 2016, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then there's this, I see there's a, a single, what was that one called? Um, it's shit. Falling Forward. Falling Forward, yeah. This, this is how we got involved with the Upstate record. Okay, okay. And how did you, how did you make that connection? Well, we have a great manager. His name is Avi, and... He did this, uh, we wanted, it was like, uh, I think it was 2000, uh, I, I think it was still 2016, I'm not so sure when we, uh, we wrote the song like right after we uh, released the EP, and we said, alright, we want to record a single, because we do not know when we will record our next release, and but we feel that the momentum is right to have a good song and just record it, and we really wanted to experience and like to try for the first time to work with a professional uh, mix mastering engineer. Yeah. So this was actually also our, our first uh, connection with two Madsen from Denmark from uh, and farm studios. So he did the connection with two Madsen. And when we got the results back, we were so happy and we said, all right, before we will release it, let's try and like, send it to some people and see that because this is what we felt that we didn't do right with our EP because mm-hmm. we did not know how to approach this in a, in a smarter way. We, we didn't saw out how do we get ourselves outside of the Israeli ears, you know, for a wider crowd. So yeah, he sent it to some people and I think um, Upstate answered really quick and they were super cool to us and they offered to distribute the single um, and to work together. And and this is how it came out. It came out, I think it was August uh, 2017, if I'm not wrong. Um, and this is like kind of the link between our EP to our upcoming album. Right. And well, I can tell you that um, Upstate is a joy to work with. Uh, I've spoken to Mario plenty of times who runs that, him and his wife, Kim. And, yeah, uh, they're and great. They're awesome. Um, I, I don't. I don't know anybody who has anything negative to say about them. And oh, uh, sure. The 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 what you mentioned there about getting at, getting out outside of Israeli ears is that uh, the biggest challenge for an Israeli band is getting heard outside of your country. I think that it's 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 a part of it because I think that the the ultimate challenge is to go out on tour without only like buying your slot in a tour you know what i mean yeah so we are in a closed in a closed border country which makes it makes it almost impossible it makes it impossible you know because if you want to get anywhere you have to uh fly yourself your instruments or whatever and then rent a van and then start working out your route and how you're going to do that and whatever and it's going to be more expensive to promoters to to help you with that and to give you that maybe like the minimum assist that you might need in order to just get into a country and, you know, grind it. Cause we're hungry to, to perform nonstop, but here we got like only like 
man, we don't have even 10 different venues here that we can perform, you know? Yeah. So this is, I think, like a really hard challenge because, you know, you can get you can get yourself in like Spotify and you can get, you can have a great guy with uh, great marketing skills. And then you might be like you might have like a few thousands of views um, on YouTube or Spotify or whatever. But it doesn't mean that you've set your foot outside of the closed border country. And I think that this is the ultimate challenge. Um, but it is it is hard, you know, because. We didn't even know how to like, all right, we can send it to labels and magazines. And then when we sent it, they were like, but yo, you guys already released it. What are we going to do with that? We got like nothing left. <laughs> they were like, oh, we never thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But yeah. <laughs> so do you think that uh, that causes the, the local scene to suffer? The idea that getting outside of it is going to be so hard? You know, is, is there... Is there ever an idea of, well, if this is all we can do, then, you know, why bother? Well, I think that, first of all, the local scene is, is, scene is very war warm. A lot of people like to have it local here, yeah. like to do that for fun, like to have, uh, you know, a few uh, different designs and merch and sell it around and do uh, a show once in a month or like two or a few times in a month or something like that around the country. But I think that everyone, a lot of bands that I know are aiming to get out there. Yeah. I think that everybody starts that and like he wants to like, um, you know, to stand out in the local scene and then, sorry, and then maybe hit it internationally. And there are bands who did that. There are bands from Israel that, that are going on tour or signed with uh, great uh, booking agencies and crazy labels. You've probably heard of maybe Useless ID or um, that Sefer. These bands are, are touring. Like They toured a lot and they're continuing to. They're touring in Japan and Europe. There are a few bands, like, you know, it's like four bands, three bands that managed to break this glass ceiling and really flourish out there and, and you know, conquer some milestones. Well, that's awesome. But you, you guys have been able to um, at least network outside of, outside of Israel at this point. And uh, that's evidenced by, well, stuff like this. And, you know, you're working with Upstate. Uh, you, you, you had uh, Brian Mitz um, from Madball produce your record, right? Yeah. And you were able to hook up with, I think, Drew Stone as well for some stuff. So, so it's it seems like, at least networking wise, you're you're getting there. Yeah, we're totally aiming for that. I think that the best thing that happened to us is that we had the privilege and, and the honor to perform in Wacken Festival in Germany, and you know this like this was the 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 the, the stage we needed to to be in the next level that we could. You know, have some confidence in approaching the right people and um, and building a right plan and, and you know making it work out. So once we had the show in Germany, this was like, all right, we we had that show outside of the country and it was great and the results were great and and everybody had a good time. And I think that I, if I remember right, also Mitz Andrew told me that we saw your performance and th this this was like the 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 ticket to say that you guys are not playing it you guys are rocking it and you're serious and you're professional and you know it's like it really helped us to present ourselves as, as a serious band that 
is willing to, to do whatever it takes to evolve and, and to, you know, get to, uh, you know, just get more achievements and like all that, build your career. Yeah, sure. And yeah, I mean, you got to build on those opportunities and it seems like you guys did exactly that. And, and is that's how you, you got linked up with Mitz to produce this record? <laughs> it's actually a good story. I think, um, it was, uh, in New York that our manager lived there for a while. Um, and he went to a Madball show. I think it was the Hoyas birthday show that they were throwing. And when he fly, when he flew to the States, he took a few CDs and he said, I'm going to, I'm going to give it to someone who matters. And I'm like, all right, you, you're going to rock it, bro. <laughs> and then he just texts me like, random day he texts me like a picture of Mitz holding our ep and i'm like no shit how did that happen and he just you know he used the israeli chutzpah as we call it <laughs> and he just barged into the backstage meet him um sat with him for a little bit told him about the band and we also um hit Mitz on instagram after that like you know like a follow-up and we started talking with him, and then it developed to a conversation that we told him that we we're interested in him, you know, producing a release with us. And in that time, we thought about maybe like doing a second EP. And he's like, "No, your guys are doing an album." We we're like, "Oh shit! All right, <laughs> let's do that." <laughs> and then we got then Avi got this connection with Drew Stone. That I'm not sure exactly how. He hit Drew Stone up, but um, Drew Stone was all about it. He was like, yo, I'm going to come to Israel with Mitz, and I'm going to shoot you guys a, like a small v EPK video to tell your story, the story of the record. And we're still in great connection with Drew Stone. We were talking a lot, and he's all updated about what's going on with us. And he's like, he's, he's family now, you know? Yeah. Well, that's that's pretty awesome. Again, great connections to make. I, I didn't even know that Mitz produced records. I didn't know that that was part of his talents. We um, didn't know that either. <laughs> it was like, you know, a, a few days after we spoke together, we saw like a metal injection announcement that he quit Madball. And we we're like, yo, what? And then we, speak, we spoke with him and he, this is like, all right, we understood that this is going to be one of his first things right after Madball. So that was like, that was really, we were shocked, you know, but it was so good to work with him and we're certain about working in, with him together on the next record and yeah. on many things. Well, that's awesome. And so, so Year of the Gun, which is the name of the album, right? Which we often yeah. mentioned. Um, that, that's that's going to be your debut LP. He basically pushed you to go from an EP to an LP how yeah. prepared were you for that? Did, did, how much did you have? Did you have to write to make that? Well, when, when we started talking with him, I think we had uh, we had two songs and maybe some riffs, and we started like going back and forth with it. And he was really happy with what he heard. He told us that your your demos sound great, and we were grinding rehearsals. This is like we stopped performing, and we said this is the time to focus about doing a crazy album that will be like a completely different level than our 
single and EP. We want to climb like as much as we can above it because we're as musicians, we always looking how to challenge ourselves and you know still to keep it fun and rocking and everything. But we are also always looking like how can we challenge each other and 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 take the the next step ahead. Right. And so we wrote. In total, we wrote uh, 11 songs, and <laughs> this is a, a cool story. So when Mitz got here, we were like, all right, this is the record. And he, he insisted that we need like a 30 minutes at least of music. Yeah. And we were like, okay, no problem. And then we hit like 29 minutes of music, and he was like, he, he was already here. You know, this was in the <laughs> first day of tracking drums. So he said, I told you that I'm looking for the 30 minutes. So we wrote a song while he was here, and we never got to play the song as a band, but we recorded it straight into the studio, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we wrote the fastest song that we could write, um, and it's on the record. And this is, a, it came out as a great song. One of each, I think that each one of us think that this is like one of the top songs in the, in the record. Um, it's a great one. I don't want to reveal so much because it got some cool twists in it, but it's going to be a surprising cool song. Fast and destructive. You know? that, that's awesome. And I think you hear that a lot with, with uh, when people write music is that sometimes the one that you don't put a lot of thought into ends up being ends up being the one for some strange reason. You know, it's kind of just more on instinct. And yeah. yeah, I think because, you know, when you're feeling it and you already like got the tension off and he's here in Israel and everything went on right so far and we know that we are prepared and he heard us playing before we went into the studio and he was happy with the way that uh, we prepared ourselves and we were happy with um, his review uh, his response so it just it came in naturally because we were in a very like zen state of mind mm-hmm. well what, what what do you think is the big difference between uh, the material in year of the gun and your previously released stuff I think that I think that first of all year of the gun is um, it's it's more to the metal world, I guess. Um, first of all, the production. The production really matters here because, you know, when we uh, produced ourselves, we didn't uh, put as much as attention as, uh, as an external uh, producer would give to each uh, instrument. Yeah. I mean, I, for example... Uh, my band, we, we don't know how to uh, produce vocals as he produced it. You know, we never got um, into the pronunciation and the tiny tweaks that really makes it bang harder. And um, and I think he had like crazy ideas of how we should, how each one of us should do his thing. <laughs> so, yeah, and do, and, yeah, go ahead. Uh, um, so, and it's just, you know, musically it's, it's, more complex, first of all, than uh, breaking and entering. Uh, I think that sound-wise, it's... You, well, we already f- uh, released the first single out of it, so I think yeah. that only by it you can hear that it sounds like it's the it's the same band, but it's totally different, you know? It's like way more metal, way more riffs, uh, complex drum parts, different uh, vocal techniques banging bass sound like everything just more extreme in it 
Yeah, I'd agree. And you're talking about indoctrination, which you yes. recently put out. You did a video for that one as well. And uh, yeah, the, the difference is, is pretty obvious between the, the other material and this one. And uh, like you said, it's all just a step up. And uh, the, the, I always say that, you know, to people or to bands, you know, comparing past material to new material. And that's never a shot at the old shit. You know what I mean? It's just it's just a compliment on how 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 much better this is <laughs> yeah it's just yeah. that they're evolving you know yeah it's like, at, at the time i just spoke of that with with my uh, with our drummer we just we we sat down and i told him like you know looking at the ep and looking at everything that we've done at the time that we released breaking and entering we were proud of it you know this was like yo this is what this is our voice for now this was the time was was this is how we felt and this is how we sounded and we we couldn't really change anything in this because we were satisfied with the result. Now looking at it, like four years later, we were like, ah, what a bunch of newbies, you know. <laughs> but it just, but it is, it's it's a great EP, you know. I think that we pulled out also the like the maximum that you can pull out of an EP with this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so too. Um, with, with this with this uh, track that you did put out so far, indoctrination. What what exactly is this song about? Can you can you expand on it a little bit? Yeah, sure. So basically for all this, uh, all the record Year of the Gun is, uh, I think that, you know, the text uh, took a big change and a big leap from breaking and entering. And it's, I mean, it's described, it's describing more about um, like, you know, to live in a, in a pretty militant state, I could say. Yeah. Like, so this is, you know, as a, as a high school kid, you know, maybe it's me, only me and maybe some other Israelis who uh, maybe could, or, or other people who done military service could rely with that. But I thought as a, as a kid, when, you know, they were always like uh, teaching us about Memorial Days and about the big combats and history and how this is not a well-granted thing that you're living in the state and you should be thankful every day and... Then, you know, once you're finishing high school, the only thing that is on your mind is that you're about to get drafted, even if you like it or not. Right, right. And I come from a very militant home. You know, my mom and and dad, they were like high-ranked. They used to be high-ranked officers, and I really wanted to go to the military. And this was like, you know, I had this feeling that it's kind of crazy to say, but, you know, I felt that. It's it, it will be very honorable and a very uh, great privilege if I'll get into an extreme situation as a combat unit uh, soldier, you know, to be attacked or to like or like in the worst case to even fall for for the country. Mm-hmm. And I think that this song is just you know it's this song is about the realization. Of you know, because you, when you do these things, when you're in the military, you're just experiencing it as the present, and you're young, you're 18, you do not, and you have this like all this legacy feeling with you, so you do not like immediately question yourself, what the fuck am I doing here, and and the hell is this? So, but once you finish this. You know, you kind of realize like, wow, shit, I've been in a really fucked up system that I never got to like, while I was inside the system, I never got to open my eyes on about the system. Yeah. And this song even starts with the word like spit on the ground that you sworn to protect with an M16 and Bible in hand. You know, it's 
really in the face of like how we have this uh, indoctrination process in our country. In my perspective, people might accept it and might, and might not. It's not that I even care, you know, this yeah, is yeah. how I lived it. And I think that Year of the Gun is, you know, uh, it's very important to me when I'm writing not to be like, not to write it in a way that only someone who was living in, in, in my area or someone who served the military could identify with it. I'm trying to write it as in a way, in a little bit general way that everyone who's feeling pressed and oppressed by a, by a, a strong system that he feels so tiny to and, and couldn't really do much about it. You know, like this is how I try to write it that many, every people, every, every one could identify with something out of it and not like, ah, oh, I never did the military in the Middle East. So it, doesn't interest me because it's not about that it's it, it's never about that i don't care for politics you know yeah. it's not that i'm writing about that but i do care from the mental process that is going on because i do find this situation really weird and bizarre that 18 year old kids are like can't wait to try each kind of ammunition and go through training and serve this is crazy you know this is not the natural a uh, desire of the human of the human mind is is in my perspective. Yeah, well, I mean, I can't imagine. You, I I never. You know, that's that's such a foreign situation for me, literally. Um, that, yeah, it's not that know, the record is only about that, though. You know, there are no, like, no, no, no. But I appreciate that there, that 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 you have these things in it because, especially hardcore bands, we've heard the same fucking hardcore lyrics for years and years and years. You know, so. Exactly. Um, so to to have an entirely different and an entirely foreign perspective uh, and whatever, even if it's just the way you word it, is is super interesting and makes it stand out. makes makes uh, makes um, eternal struggle stand out from what is out there. And uh, you know, it'd be easy for you to generalize it completely, and then I, then I feel like you kind of get kind of get lost. But you you don't you didn't do that entirely with indoctrination, and I think that's that's to be respected. Thank you. Thank you. And th- there is more to come. There is more right. to come. The real bangers are still unreleased. You know, these are the, there are a few songs that I can't wait to release yet. And like, ah, I just want to release this record. Well, when, <laughs> when are you releasing this record? Cause I don't see that information anywhere. Well, yeah. Cause we, at the moment we do not have a specific release date, but we are aiming for soon, like springtime soon. Yeah. We should get the official release date really soon. Like I think it's within a couple of weeks, maybe that we will get the official release date, and then we will uh, announce it. Then we will reveal the artwork because everything is ready. Everything is ready. It's just a lot of technical things, and this COVID thing did not help. We did try to maybe like search for a tour option to do it with the release. And it doesn't seem like it's gonna happen. So <laughs> yeah. it's just so it's gonna be like uh, releasing it like that, though. But you know, everything is for the best, I guess. There's nothing. It's this is out, out of our hands, so we cannot be bummed about it too much. But, no, yeah, and the longer the longer you we'll have the release date, then the world will know. <laughs> <laughs> and from what I see, it's going to be, it's going to be coming out. Like we said, with upstate and demons run amok. Is that how it's working? And demons run amok and with blood burst distribution. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that's, that's a, so you got most of the world covered there, right? 
<laughs> yeah, it seems like this is also the like the 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 thing with the waiting was like you know we were eager to in our in our mind we were like let's release it let's release it but then you know as long as it got delayed suddenly more people got interested in that and then Upstate got into the picture and they brought Thoughtburst and this is like this is crazy you know we we didn't even thought about that as an option and then everything's coming along and. We got Europe and America really covered in that. We will, Israel is a small place. We can deal with that here ourselves yeah. as, a, as a band. And so, yeah, we got like, we got it going, you know. How does, how does the record distribution work in Israel? Is it like everywhere else? Or is, is there any kind of control about what's available? Mm, it's like, I, I think it's like uh, anywhere else. But I think that, you know, we do have a smaller market, especially for this kind of music. So sure, yeah. most of it is is at merch stands at, at local shows. But you can find like in a few record stores, you can find um, you can find your section of local metal, alternative, hardcore, punk, and all that. And recently, uh, there is like a small distribution label that is building itself here, and this is great. This is a really fresh thing that is coming. Um, to the local scene here, uh, someone who's helping bands pressing vinyls and you know get their merch and uh, and sales all around the world. It is also here because of the small uh, country and close border. This is kind of hard for us to work with shipments all the time. Yeah, you know, I sent like a few copies of Breaking and Entering a few weeks ago, and like, man, these are taking forever to arrive to the people who ordered them. I feel really ashamed for that, but it's on the way. Right. But it's just like, the post office here is a chaotic mess. So it is like kind of slower, I guess, that uh, than other countries. And but we do got it. You know, we got some small radio, uh, local radio stations that do these things. Few podcasts. Everyone's kind of distributing for his own in a way here. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool. That's, that seems like it works then. Well, see, I, I think, I think the concept of a closed border is, a, is, is something I don't quite understand. So, so that's just my curiosity, understanding how things come and go uh, through Israel. Um, it's just, just total unfamiliarity for me. Yeah, this is like, I guess that a lot of people could not like imagine it, but it is what it is, you know. For the, for the better side of it, like. We know the local scene. We know the people. Yeah. We know them, and we know uh, the younger ones, the older ones, and the the veterans, or oh, whatever. You know, we know everybody, and we know the venues, and everybody has like uh, uh, there is a great supportive atmosphere in in here. But the you know the struggle is that you just you cannot get on the van and start. Um, hmm, and start grinding shows and like get on the van and I'm I'm like traveling and performing and what until I'm I'll run out of money. No, everything <laughs> has to be planned. Everything has to be like with involving flights and customs and like and taxes and like all that. You know, and this is a shame. I wish the situation was different, but the Middle East is a it's a complicated shithole. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's it take yeah. it might maybe it takes the spontaneity out of the whole experience, but uh, it might also be you know better in some respects. I mean, it, it, I'm, I'm not, sure there are there are better sides for it, you know. 
Yeah, but, well, well, you know, even just a little uh, patience and planning with things. Uh, I mean, you've seen can go in your favor. You mentioned before when when you had breaking and entering, and then you were shopping the labels, and they say, "Well, it's already out there." Well, this time, you know, you didn't you didn't get ahead of yourselves, and more opportunity presented itself for Year of the Gun in this case. Yeah, I think that also Year of the Gun was more uh, more like sexier to offer to label because this was. This album, you know, it was written in Israel, produced with the American flavor, and filmed with, you know, it was written in Israel, um, produced by uh, America, and um, and it was mixed in Denmark and distributed in Germany, and like this is crazy, <laughs> like a worldwide. worldwide collaboration. Yeah, and I think this is this is uh, something that gives the album a lot of magic to it. You know, everyone's found their connection to it and believe in it and and this is great this is something that i'm really i feel very privileged to uh feel that people believe in 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 our product you know absolutely and those are those are all fantastic reasons to to be excited about it um when when this does drop then with with certain things off the books i mean basically touring and playing shows what are you most looking forward to with with the release of the circuit with the official release of it well, to be honest, I do not even know what to expect. Because my goal was always like, I want a tour. I want a tour. As a kid, I wanted to tour, and this is like this has been my ultimate dream. Um, I really like traveling and and you know performing. Um, so this is like the thing that we look mostly for it. But I think that you know, uh, I think that we are really uh, excited and expecting to see what will be the reactions you know because this is something that we've been like cooking for a while yeah and we really want to see the outcome of it see like where where would it would this ship sail you know like if people are gonna love it people are gonna bash it and hate it i don't know <laughs> but it just it's really like the curiosity that's like ah, oh, what's gonna happen um and now you know we're like looking forward uh, we cannot focus on that because everything is so uncertain in this time, you know. So we are trying to like start slowly to write for the record that will follow Year of the Gun. Very nice, yeah. And I think a lot of people are doing that too. You might as well get a get a head start on what's next. You know, yeah. that's all you can do. Um, well, there is a lot of time to write, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, when this when this drops, I don't think we we touched on. Well, we did touch on that. It's Demon Journal Mark upstate uh blood blast what um what kind of formats are we looking at physical formats for this well we're gonna have a uh, uh, vinyls we're gonna have a um, few colors for the vinyls um we're gonna have cds uh all the digital platforms of course mm-hmm. um but yeah vinyl and cds this is gonna be like old school and new school at the same time very cool. I think maybe that's we'll a... do a cassette one. Man. <laughs> the cassettes are tricky ones. Some yeah, people the love it. Are tricky. I yeah. mean, you know, it's hard for me to release something that I have no possible way of hearing that. I don't have a Walkman <laughs> anymore, and I don't have a cassette tape or something like that. Even a CD player is hard in these days. Yeah, you know, it's funny is that that I've recently been going through my garage to find stuff to sell on eBay just for the hell of it, and uh, I came across a whole bunch of cassettes. And some of them were kind of cool, but like you said, I have no way of even playing these things. I don't, I don't know what I would yeah, do. Yeah, you cannot check if it works. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, but, that's true. I'm, sell, I'm selling them to people on eBay, and I don't even know if they work. 
but yeah, yeah whatever. That's their problem. Yeah. Uh, I think it's always fun. Like I, I've always liked to collect uh, me media material. You know, I like buying merch and uh, and CDs and vinyls and whatever. It's like it's it's the fun shopping, and it's like my favorite thing to shop. Oh, like, same here. I got a problem yeah, with it too. <laughs> Hmm. All right, Ori. Well, I think I think that'll that'll pretty much do it for here. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on? Um, well, I gotta say, I gotta give this pandemic uh, one more um, heads up. I guess uh, I recently uh, released a song with Brian Mitzdaniels, um together with band members from Entombed AD, Unearth, and. Uh, Tuber North and um, and a Brazilian rapper that it's called Dark Times Collaboration and the song title is Turning Point and I think that you know people check it out it's a cool song it's like it's about re relevant events I guess you know we all did this remotely from like Brazil to Portugal uh, three different uh, from Boston and New York Tel Aviv and it got mixed in Germany by wow. Polar Studios, and the, the results are really cool. And yeah, I, I, I would love if people would check it out. You know, it's just, where, where can it's they? Where song. can we find that? You just YouTube um, Dark Times Collaboration. Okay. Turning Point, and you you'll see my face on it. <laughs> <laughs> you see the dread. Well, I think I, I just found it on Spotify. So all right, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's also on all the digital uh, platforms. So it is out there, and it's really recent. And besides that, I think that's it. You know, everybody should stay safe and keep the positive mind. And hopefully, we will end this, and everything will come back to normal. Or we will have shows with weird masks or something like that. <laughs> Merch masks. You know, it's it's, it's yeah. happening. All right, man. Well, hey, thanks for doing this. I appreciate you taking the time. Yo, thank you for having me. I had a great time, and um, and yo, thank you so much for it. Of course, anytime.
So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Franco as much as I did. And be on the lookout for Eternal Struggles, Year of the Gun, coming from Demons Run Amok and Upstate Records. The track you just heard there was Pride Kills off of their Breaking and Entering EP, which we talked about. It came out in 2016. You can go check that out on Spotify, Bandcamp, or wherever the hell you like listening to music digitally. Thanks again to Ori for his time and for the conversation. And thank you to those Patreon subscribers out there. I appreciate you. If you're interested in subscribing to the Patreon, please go to patreon.com slash gettingitoutpodcast for some extra stuff, including bonus episodes and automatic entry into contests. Anyway, um, you can also go and follow Getting It Out Podcast at, at getting underscore it underscore out underscore podcast on Instagram. If you haven't caught on, Monday is the new release day. I know this is the second time. This is only the second one we've done like this, but that's the way it's going to be from here on out. I'm done with Fridays. I don't know why exactly. I don't know if it's going to make sense, but I'm doing it because I want to. We've now, we've now released the podcast on three different days. Originally, it was Wednesdays. Then it was Fridays. Now it's Mondays. You know, we just got Tuesday and Thursday left. I'm not going to do weekend releases. I can guarantee that. So uh, anyway, just be on the lookout for Monday mornings. That's when you will get new episodes of Getting It Out podcast in the near future. All right. So to close this one out, I'm going to go with the song that Ori was talking about that he did with Mitz and a couple other fellows. This one's uh, called um, Turning Point, and it's by Dark Times Collaboration. And uh, like he mentioned, it's a lot of people from all over the world, and it's pretty different and pretty cool. And I hope you check it out and enjoy it. Thank you for listening to Getting It Out Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, share it. Bye-bye.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.